Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. My guest today is Stephanie Pinto. And Stephanie, let's just dive in because we're going to have a really, really cool conversation. And you have a you have a particular bent on the world. And I know that you love emotional intelligence. And so let's let's dive into how did you get to be doing the work you're doing now? Ooh, I guess. So before I did this work, I was a speech pathologist. So I worked with kids and families obviously all around communication and language and things like that. And I kind of noticed that a lot of the families I was going to see um, in my practice were, well, the parents were struggling not only with how do they um, sort of teach their kids how to communicate and things like that, but also how do we, I don't want to say fix, but at that time it was probably like, how do we fix these emotions? How do we fix my child's behavior? You know, they're disruptive. They're not listening. They're melting down. And I was like, I don't know. So, (laughs) and I I just, I was lucky that I guess I stumbled across emotional intelligence online as you do and fell down. (laughs) Because everybody stumbles across emotional intelligence online. (laughs) I I do think I had someone in my, in my circles who was posting about it. That was probably it. And um, fell down the rabbit hole, loved it. And I was like, what is this thing? Emotions like, ew. So yeah, I just, um, it was a, gap in me, but I also saw it in a lot of families. So long story short, there we go. <laughs> and so, so, so how did you shift from being an L? I don't know what it is there here. We would call it L, L you know, there are letters for yeah. it, but how did yeah, you? SLP probably. SLP, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so I wasn't on mat leave. Um, I don't think that was around. It was just after I had two, two little kids and, um, Matt leave folks in the U S would be maternity leave. Go Sorry, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. It's actually the, I've interviewed Stephanie a couple of times and it's always fun to kind of like translate Australia <laughs> to the U S. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's, it's all good. Bob's your uncle. So <laughs> that's right. another one. Um, yeah. So I just began sort of, I guess, weaving it into my work. I began to, I met someone who said, let's do a couple of just workshops together. We'll put them on for people in our area. And I thought that was brilliant. And she said, you can do this. You can go into coaching. You could help parents with this. And I think, to be honest, I was burning out a little bit as a speech pathologist. Um, So it was kind of beautiful timing. I gradually dipped my toe in and started to see parents um, as clients. And, and yeah, like the seesaw just kind of happened. And then I was busy enough that I pulled away and I resigned um, as a speechy, as we'd call it. And yeah, I have, have not looked back. <laughs> I've not looked back. 
Right. It's funny just so you know, Diane and I started, we were going to do a workshop together. That's how this work started. That's how Impact started. We're going to do a workshop. Um, and, you know, 12, 13 years and how I don't even know what later. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so I wish for you that your path continues to grow and evolve. Me too. Um, so, so based on this, so what's important for parents to understand about emotional intelligence? Yeah, great question. I think, unfortunately, a lot of us were not raised with emotional intelligence. You know, there are some, but um, on the whole, most of us were raised with that traditional um, style of parenting. So, you know, the the tendency to use some punishments, some threats, some bribes uh, and, con- you know, harsh consequences. There was such a huge focus on behavior and is my child compliant and obedient and, you know, saying and doing the right things. That worked really well for me because I was agreeable and a people pleaser <laughs> and that was in my nature, although there are layers of that, layers underneath that. But I think we're seeing, I mean, number one, we're seeing that that's not, it's really not a respectful way to parent um, children. It's its very, yeah, I think biased for the parents. It's very easy for the parents. However, there are huge, huge impacts. As we know, there's a lot of adults in their 30s, 40s and 50s and beyond in therapy <laughs> because they were not taught to deal with their emotions and navigate through them, know how to handle them, have coping skills. And uh, I think emotions were just really seen as, you know, silly and awkward and embarrassing and something to be swept under the rug or actually punished out of the kids. And so I, I mean, I, <laughs> as, as, um, as far as I have come now, which is still, I know I have ways to go every, every day. I'm like, Oh gosh, there's a gap. Um, I still, you know, I had no awareness of my emotions. Um, I wasn't the kid who was blowing up and melting down, but I went inward and I actually developed a really strong um, anxiety. I would call it high functioning anxiety because no one knew (laughs) until Mm -hmm. the point where when I got so anxious and nervous, I would actually faint so that was my body's reaction to, you know, the, the perceived danger. So with, with no emotional intelligence, I had no handle on my emotions. I felt like trapped. I, I couldn't express or communicate how I was feeling. I shoved that down really well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really damaging. It's very so, dangerous. So let's pull back and explain what is emotional intelligence? Cause you're talking about it as if people might actually know what you're talking about. And you're kind <laughs> of alluding to that ability to actually know your own emotions, but what, how would you define emotional intelligence? Yeah. Yeah. I forget, man. Cause it's what I live and breathe and love. I'm not and- looking at a, at a, at an actual definition. What's your take on it? Your spin. Yeah. yeah. Today. The, the really, the really short, like nutshell way I explain it is being really smart with your emotions, being disciplined, um, having that self-awareness and knowing that other people, I know it sounds so silly, but other people have emotions that are as true for them as we do for us. And so we need that element of self-awareness and the, we have the ability people don't realize as well. I didn't realize to control or modulate, regulate our emotions. That's huge. I cannot, of course, control other people's emotions, but another big part of emotional intelligence, not just knowing and controlling my emotions, it's knowing that other people have emotions and knowing that actually we can influence through our relationship, how they're feeling. And wouldn't it be nice if let's put in the 
context of kids and parents that we can, um, I guess, improve or, or deepen or richen how our kids are feeling, what they're learning in our relationship. So, so let's break that down a little bit. Okay. Because a lot of things came to me as you, you were saying that. Um, I love that sort of having awareness that others have their emotions that are as important to them and as ours are to us. There's a piece here that's about becoming aware of what our emotions are, what we're feeling. And then there's this other, so that's, that's two pieces, right? And then I hear something else about learning to regulate our emotions. So it's one thing to feel something. It's another to learn to navigate the feeling as opposed to reacting. And then I hear something else about how we can, actually influence how others are feeling by how we behave in relation to them, knowing that they are feeling beings too. Those are kind of four pieces. Did I hear all of that? Yeah, it's a lot, right? There's right. You hit the nail on the head. There's so many layers and it's so in depth. A lot of people actually think emotional intelligence is empathy or they'll kind of use the two synonymously, but empathy is just one part, one piece of the puzzle um, when we actually look at emotional intelligence, there are 26 individual competencies or skill areas uh, that make up emotional intelligence. And one of them is empathy, but others are self-awareness, behavioral self-control, integrity, personal power, communication, resilience. There's lots. So so these are all skill sets, you might say, that are yeah. part of practicing emotional intelligence. Yes. yes. So emotional intelligence is that capacity to become aware of our own and others' emotions and then beginning to behave in a way that influences ours and others' emotions. So (laughs) capturing it? Nailed it. Oh, my goodness. That's actually a pretty good definition, right? That was brilliant. I do have the wordy. When you said, oh, we don't need the definition, there is a whole wordy definition, and you essentially just encapsulated (laughs) pretty much um, all of it. So Okay, beautiful. Look at us. Look how good we are. We don't have to deal with with like heady stuff. We can we can extrapolate. Um, okay, so so when we think in terms of parenting, what's most important for parents in this arena? Because if we just break it down to the four I identified, it's it's our feelings, their feelings, our behavior management influencing their behavior management, right? Mm-hmm. If we just look at those four. Where what's most important for parents? Yeah. Or are you going to say all of them? (laughs) No, I won't do that. But I guess the most important piece. So one of the things I say, and and it's a big quote that came out of my book is, if we want to raise emotionally intelligent kids, we first must become emotionally intelligent parents, or at least start to um, develop our emotional intelligence. It's 1000% something we can work on and develop and improve. It's, it's not like traditional IQ where we believe that is more static. So if we can start to look at how <laughs> we manage our emotions, which is of course not perfect 100% of the time because we're human, but um, I, I do want to highlight that we have to, I kind of say this with love because I can't, we're all in the same boat and as I said, we're not perfect, but I think we need to stop punishing our kids for the for not being able to handle their emotions well and actually handling them really poorly sometimes because we don't and we have a fully developed brain and our kids still have a developing, immature brain, particularly the part that handles emotional regulation. So I think if we 
maybe stop focusing on telling our kids to calm down or, you know, <laughs> deal with things properly um, and, and use your words and, I don't know, things like that. Let's just look at, okay, how can I start to be more disciplined um, with my emotions? How can I start to be more aware and regulate them and take care of myself? So, so. I love that. And, you know, part of one of my favorite jokes when I'm speaking is, you know, no, no person on the planet has ever calmed down by someone telling them to calm down, right? That just doesn't work, right? But you're using that word discipline, right? That our own emotional discipline, and, and that may have a different definition in your part of the world than it does in ours, because it's, it's a loaded word here in the U S oh, yeah, totally. oh, maybe everywhere, apparently. Oh okay. gosh. So, yeah. So when you say that, I hear a lot of parents like a potential for some reactivity there. So what do you mean by our own discipline? Yeah. Okay. So if we think of discipline as the, I guess that the true meaning is that is about learning, right? A disciple is a student or a learner. And um, unfortunately, exactly what you said, there are so many people who really see discipline and punishment as synonymous, meaning the same thing uh, in, in real terms. Like I, I think in um, that the fact of the matter is that punishment is of course, you know, you've done something wrong. I'm going to make you suffer for it. Right. Discipline is you've done something wrong. I'm going to teach you, let me help you so you can learn how to do that or what we do need to do. So I guess that aside, which I guess is a huge thing that I, I talk about a lot because it's we, we're getting those things mixed up from the get-go. Yes, a lot. We, yeah. yes, we need to discipline our kids, of course. I, I teach my kids all the time. They're learning all the time. But, man, we, we are a punishment-free home. Um, but when I talk about being disciplined. And, and I our- just because in this moment I just want to say, and as your kids get older, that teaching them may look very different. So the teaching them is it shifts from the active teaching that we do with younger kids to asking permission, enrolling them, collaborating as they get older. So I just want to plant that notion for another conversation another time. So you were going on. (laughs) Brilliant. Yes. Um, I'm glad you said that. The last thing I wanted to say is when I talk about being disciplined with our emotions, I guess, is being um, really mindful really conscious and really intentional around how am I feeling? How's that making me show up? How, you know, when I'm cranky um, or I'm tired, you know, I haven't had a good night's sleep and, or if I'm feeling it from an argument I just had with my husband, I am snappy and snippy with my kids. <laughs> like that, You Backer, know, so right? it's, <laughs> so it's having a little bit more, I guess, of the awareness and then the ability to, take steps to, I don't really like saying control the emotions, but just see them for what they are. There are, they are important, valuable signals or messages telling us that we're not okay, that we need to take time. We need to set a boundary. We need to speak up. Something's not right. You know? So I think being disciplined is, yeah. Having a lot more intentionality intentionality over just letting like it's way too easy to let the emotions just boil us over and then we blow up and we yell at our kids (laughs) right so let's take a quick break and we'll be back and i got a question for you hi it's elaine and if you like this podcast you'll love our coach approach whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. 
That's impactparents.com slash gift. Welcome back. My guest is Stephanie Pinto, and we're talking about emotional intelligence, one of my favorite topics. And, you know, we were talking about the notion of being disciplined with our emotions. And it's about knowing what we're feeling. And I might use the word managing our emotional reactivity. So Diane and I do a lot of work, Diane, especially around triggers and trigger management and how do you help parents stop being so, another term I heard for it, which I love was pinched, right? Or triggered. Um, And so what I kind of hear you describing is is that notion that it's not that we're not going to get upset sometimes, but the question is, you know, what I always say is you can, con- you can't control what happens, but you can begin to control how you respond to what happens. And so there's that notion of responding versus reacting. And I think that's what you're speaking to when you talk about disciplining your emotions. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. We talk a lot in, I guess, our communities overlap in parenting and emotional intelligence, yeah. beginning to learn how to respond, not react. And it sounds doesn't sound too different like the words, but oh my goodness, there's a a world of difference. Uh, Emotional intelligence has massively impacted my marriage as well as how I am as a parent. And I just think it it does apply to any relationship you're in because relationships are built on connection and emotions. So you don't have a, a relationship if you can't, um, you know, speak to someone's emotions and your own and, and sort of value that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else do you want to share with parents? What else is important for parents? So we've got these kind of different areas that that parents, we want to invite parents to pay attention to. We understand that we're busy being human. So sometimes we're going to slip and that's part of the exercise is to then model for our kids what it looks like to recover from a reactive moment because that's going to happen. Um, What else do you feel like is important for us to bring up here today? Yeah. You know what? You touched on repair just then. And I actually think that's a really, I might grab onto that if that's all right. (laughs) Because as you said, there are going to be times when as much as we might be loving this stuff and reading about it or listening to podcasts, we will have a moment where we say or do something we regret, right? Number one, I say to parents, and this is to myself as well, Don't beat yourself up in those moments because you are human, because we are meant to have those moments where we think, oh gosh, no, oh, I lost it. Or, oh, I didn't want to react that way. And we are giving our our kids permission in those moments really to also not have it all together. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to now as children and they're not always going to as adults. We, we do not want to model this perfection, of course. Mm-hmm. So if we can allow our kids to see that human side of us, I know it's not like, oh, okay, fine. I'm just going to blow up and left, right and center. And, <laughs> um, you know, we're still always trying to do better and be better, but it does give us the beautiful opportunity to kind of with our tail between our legs. This is how I see it. Sometimes it feels yucky, but to go to our child or our teenager and say, hey, buddy, can we talk about what happened in the kitchen? Um, you know, I didn't want to react that way. I'm sorry I lost my cool or I didn't want to say um, I apologize. You know, any of that, that is like gold in terms of how we are teaching or disciplining, <laughs> teaching our kids that when you stuff up and when you, you know, lose it or you say or do something, then there's always, always time to come back to that person 
and let them know and see how you can make it up to them. And like, I see it, my, my kids are six and nine. And my, so my oldest is sort obviously, you know, more switched on and more thoughtful and just his personality too. And even last night, oh, this just came to me. We had a moment and we were both snappy in the kitchen. He had stayed up late on his computer, which was fine. But then he wanted to read the book that we read before bed. And I said, buddy, it's already way late. Um, And he came quietly. Like I could see him creeping around my bed and he was like, I was like, yes. So off the get go, I didn't say what I was like, yes. Cause I knew I felt terrible. He he was trying. Yeah. (sighs) He was the first one to apologize. Oh, like God. So he said, mommy, I'm sorry. Um, I was just really wanting to read the, you know, we had a conversation and I thought, oh, that's success. That's a win. Oh, like if he can do that with his, his mates or maybe a girlfriend or a boyfriend one day. Oh, so it's, I know it feels yucky in the moment when we get triggered or pinched and we, we lose it, but giving ourselves some beautiful self-compassion and then thinking, okay, what can I do now? How can I, where can we grow from this? Like, let's move through it. I think that's beautiful. So so two things come up that I want to, I want to highlight. One is I just, this is kind of the author's message moment, which is what you're saying is, is so spot on, right? Is, is we're going to be human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to be reactive. It's how we handle that. That's so important. And I do want to say to parents, if you notice that you're doing it a lot and that you're spending more time apologizing than you were connecting or anything else, notice that. That's a sign that you need some additional help to help you learn to navigate it. Some of you are going to do an amazing job just hearing this, thinking about it, learning from it, and and down escalating. Like I'm thinking about a parent, a couple I was working with, I was talking to today. And from the last time I spoke to him three or four weeks ago to today, he has stopped being reactive because he understood the value of it and why from a conversation we had. And his wife is like, oh my God, it's everything is different now. So that, that's, that's one thing is one, if you know that, that you have a tendency towards being reactive and you're struggling to stop it, get some help because it's one of the most important things you can do as a parent, right? Fair. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Okay. The the other thing that, that came to me as I was listening to you speak and thinking about that couple is that part of our job and, and emotional intelligence is allowing people to grow and change and not holding them to who they were, but allowing them to be who they become. So part of the other thing that happens is we get into this dynamic where, well, he's always been reactive or she's always been, you know, avoidant or whatever. And so we keep going back there and it's Part of this is about allowing us to change, but also allowing them to change. So will you speak to that a minute? Because I am confident that you're going to concur with that and speak to that a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So let me tell you a very quick um, story. I come from an English background. My parents are from the UK, came over here in the 80s. My husband and his parents came from Portugal from, you know, in the 80s. He's Portuguese, like explosion, loud, um, emotional trigger, you know, all of that. And then I'm like, hello, this little mouse. (laughs) And we got together when we were 16. So um, this year it's actually 20. So you can do the math. (laughs) Congratulations. We've been together. So, um, and two kids and like a dog. Oh my goodness. So 
Wow. We have both grown. I mean, we would have grown anyway, but as I kind of said before, me just learning about emotional intelligence and me just reading about it and, you know, yes, I'll flick him a thing or something. I'm like, wow, look at this, or this is interesting. Or I, we have a conversation in the kitchen. He has grown probably, yeah, I would say more than me because of where he started. He was super Ooh. reactive. He was hot-headed, like he would punch a hole in the gyp rock or the plaster, you know. Right. And, oh, my goodness. So there's so much capacity for people, anyone, to grow if we can allow it and kind of get out of our own way. Yes. Um, yeah. And families are the hardest at allowing people to grow and change. I don't know about you, but I'm the youngest. <laughs> and, you know, there's a way in which they all still treat me like I'm 12. And while that, I was, you know, that's cute and everything, I'm kind of a accomplished individual adult. And, but, you know, I go home and they still treat me like I'm 12. And so it's, it's up to us to allow our kids to grow and change and our spouses and partners to grow and change and to not hold them to who they were, but, but allow that shift and growth. That's part of emotional intelligence too. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, that's great. All right. Um, All right. We need to wrap the conversation. How can people find out more about you? Ooh, two best places would be my website. Um, and I know we'll put all the links sort of in the show notes and the community I have on Facebook is called let's raise emotionally intelligent kids. So that's, uh, that's beautifully, you know, it's growing, it's expanded. It's got over a hundred thousand parents, which just says to me, people want to know how to do this stuff. It is hard. Um, so we're, we're, we're jumping in there all the time and just giving little tips and ideas and, and stories and things like that. So that's a great place to be. And your website is just just stephaniepinto.com. (laughs) Very easy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Okay. So two things before we close this today. One is, is there anything you want to either highlight anything we haven't shared that you want to share? Like, how do we, how do you want to wrap this conversation up today? Yeah. You know what? I think a really quick, easy, this is like a bit of a place to start. If you're like, Ooh, um, and you want to dial up your emotional intelligence is to simply start expanding or growing your emotional vocabulary. So a lot of us have uh, happy, sad, angry, um, pissed off. <laughs> and we actually don't have the the depth of emotion words that can actually describe how we're feeling, which will then help us to know what do we do about it? How do we handle this? And how can we move through it? A lot of the time, for example, we might feel angry or pissed off. We're actually feeling maybe hurt or disappointed that that thing didn't, you know, work out or so just being more specific, I guess is really, and there are emotion wheels out there. I've got some on my website. There's some on Google they're a great place to. Yeah, there's some great. Well, and it's, I'm glad you said that because what I was thinking, the other thing I wanted to make sure that we hit on was this notion of um, the thought behind the feeling, right? Like oftentimes we miss, we don't identify the feeling, but once we do identify the feeling, whether it's, you know, disappointed or sad or frustrated or whatever, the thought behind it is what's leading to the behavior, Oh, yes. And so we also want to be aware of what is that feeling? What are we thinking about when we're feeling that feeling? But that may be another conversation another time. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. So, Stephanie, thank you. Do you have a final quote, a favorite quote or motto that you want to leave our listeners with? Um, So I mentioned this earlier, but I think it's really, really powerful. Um, And that is if we want to raise emotionally intelligent kids, we first must raise 
we first must become, well, we can raise ourselves again. <laughs> we first must become emotionally intelligent parents. So that just says the work starts with us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is all, it, it's always about us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not doing Sorry. our own work. This is parenting, not child rearing. Yeah. It's a whole other realm and a whole other era. And this yeah. is about doing our work and becoming the conscious, intentional adults we have the capacity to be. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're doing for yourself and for your community um, and for, for partnering with us in the ways that you have. It's It's been a pleasure and will continue to be. Thank you. Um, to those of you listening, you know, take a moment. What's what's an insight or a takeaway that you've that you're taking from this conversation with Steph- Stephanie? What's one aha or gem or awareness that you're bringing forward with you into your world? And perhaps is there some action you want to commit to doing with that? What's one step you might want to take as you apply that insight into your life? What do you want to do differently from here? And as a reminder, always, you're, you're here, you're engaged, you're listening, you're making a difference. You do make a difference. That uh, the role that you play in the lives of your kids has a profound impact on who they are and who they become. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks, Stephanie, for being here. Thank you. And we will see you all soon. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.